Welcome to Eventful Brighton, where we bring you notable stories and events from in and around Brighton. If you want to keep your finger on the pulse in Brighton, or you want to know what's happening in Brighton from afar, then you're in the right place. Come with me as I get under the skin of Brighton, its people, its places and its events. Eventful Brighton is brought to you by wireworldmedia.co.uk. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Eventful Brighton. Now in May this year, 2008, Starbucks decided to open an outlet in St James Street in Kenttown, Brighton to the uproar and, and outrage of local residents, mainly because they didn't have planning permission to actually open. And in this episode I speak to Louis Loizu, who is organising a weekly protest outside the store in St James Street about this issue and what has been happening. Enjoy. So, yeah, so, so I'm talking to Louis. Now, how do you pronounce your surname, Louis? Because you've got an amazing surname. Loisu. 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 Yes. Loisu. Yeah, Louis Loisu. It's a Loisus is the Greek for Louis. Oh, OK. So, so you're Louis Louis? I'm Louis, Louis of Louis. Louis of Louis? Yes, it's so the gentle place. So you've got Greek, Greek genes, then? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I may be wearing uh, combats, but I've got Greek jeans. <laughs> well, don't Greek people wear combat, uh, combats <laughs> no, I'm at joking. all? <laughs> uh, we are, they wear skirts, don't they? Of course, the Greek army. No, oh. we don't in Cyprus. In Cyprus, we don't wear skirts. The oh. army just wear normal stuff. Um, now, just for the listeners, I nearly said viewers in, but just for the listeners, tell us, um, imagine people listening who don't know Brighton or not from Brighton, tell us what's been going on with Starbucks down, down St James Street and what sort of streets St James Street Right, is. I think that's very important to put in context because yeah. we're, we're sitting in one of 16 coffee bars in St James Street, yeah. which is kind of an extension um, west of Kent Town, mm-hmm. which is, if you like, the area that is associated with bohemian life, gay life, mm. all of that. Yeah. So it's kind of like uh, the, the, what's the quarter called in Paris, um, where all the bohemians and the artists live. And the, the bohemian sector? Yeah, well, there, there is a Le word. Le sector something, car do something, or I can't remember right. now. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's, it's, it's like that. Mm. And therefore, although we get the occasional... Uh, and I'm not being rude here, <laughs> Essex man wandering down here in his shorts and his fat legs, um, they tend to keep away from this area. Yeah. Um, and so really, if they're going to go shopping, they're going to go down the other end of town, which is Churchill Square, and is a shopping centre. It could be in any city mm. in the world. Mm. It's a shopping mall, as the Americans call it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I used to hate it because I could never find my way out and I'd suddenly just be panicked by all this sort of shops screaming at me and i just have to get out and I could never find an exit. <laughs> and I'd rush up and find a security guard and say, get me out of here. Is that you because know? you're on the wrong floor? I mean, you can only exit from one floor, can't you? It's just, they build them in, in such a way, rather like... A, fla- a flower that traps a bee for long enough to, to yeah, pollinate it. Pollinate it, yes. Yeah. And then so they sort of, they kind of, tra- they're built to trap you until you spend some money. Yes, yeah. that's that's the whole design of them. It says giant inward pointing hairs on the doors. That that's they right. Yes, they will do. I'm sure one day they'll do that. <laughs> Big rubber hairs. They'll have, they have a conveyor belt, so for your convenience. Mm. But try and run against it, and they'll probably arrest you. <laughs> It'll speed up. I mean, this is 1984 stuff, of course. 1984 has long gone, mm. um, 
and but it's happening. And it, I mean, this is Starbucks to me is an example of globalization really moving in and taking over. Okay, so let's take it from the beginning. So we're in St. James Street, which is sort of quiet, uh, sort yeah. of, um, slightly bohemian street with lots of small coffee shops. That's right. So tell us, sort of, when did this happen? When did? Because it used to be, the, the, okay, we're talking about a plot on the corner, right? The, yeah. The corner of St. James Street and some other road, whose name I can't remember. Manchester. Manchester Street, that's it. Yeah. And uh, it used to be a Sussex stations, didn't it? Yeah. It used to be a local chain of yeah. bookshops. Yeah. Um, quite a good chain of bookshops mm. and stationers. It's a lot um, many a time. And, um, yeah, me too. And I miss it because I now have to go into town yeah. to find a station as either them or somebody else yes, of yeah. that sort of level mm. uh, or a bookshop. Mm. Um, and, of course, you know, we need that run here because up the road from here we've got BIM, the Brighton Institute of Modern Music, yes. and we've got ACT. Uh, I can't remember what the acronym is for, but it's obviously an acting school. Yes. Um, a theatre school uh, and you can do degrees there mm. um, all around us we have um, interesting odd quirky little one-off shops mm. when, when did, um, when did uh, Sussex stations close and they closed the... probably around April or so okay, or and we're now in September aren't we yeah, and we're now in September yeah. and in May um, there was suddenly a flurry of activity yeah. and I went up and asked some workmen what, what are you doing here? Yeah. What are you building here? Because they looked like they were doing a lot of work. Yeah. And they said, Starbucks, we only work for Starbucks. Ah. We work for no one else. Hmm. We are opening so many Starbucks, we haven't got time to work for anyone else. Good grief. They are sort of one major client. Hmm. Uh, and this is going to be a special Starbucks because it's going to have a theme. It's going to have a gay theme. And it's the first Starbucks in the world to be themed. Certainly in this country. I'm okay. not sure about in the world, but certainly in this country. And so what they did was they, they built a mirror, a, a, a mirror tile wall. You know, this little tiny yes. sort of centimetre and a half cube uh, uh, squared mirrors. Yeah. Um, a wall made of that and, and a kind of a, a slightly oddly shaped mirror ball type construction in the centre. Okay. And they put the kind of leaning bar in the middle, almost like a gay cruising bar. Okay. So it's got a very sort of um, deliberate gay feel to it. Okay. Um, whether or not they've managed to patch, uh, capture the pink pound, I don't know. They right. made an attempt at one point. Yeah. They put a notice board on a blackboard in their doorway with a pink high heel and a champagne glass um, at the same time as they were donating a lot of money to Brighton Pride. Right. Which I don't think, I'm, I'm not sure, but I don't think they've done before. Okay. Um, and they sort of did this whole sort of gay thing. There were some gay promotion that was going to happen around Pride Day. They were trying to kind of seduce not only the local gay business people, but the gay, the gay um, um, population, which is quite dense around here. Mm. Um, and... Uh, so tell me about that was the... Philip Ploy. So anyway, they applied for planning permission. Right, planning permission. After yeah. they had built. Is that unusual? Is it? No, it is to me. Yeah. But apparently for Starbucks, it's standard practice. Right. It may well be that other corporations, for other corporations, it's standard practice. I am not normally the kind of person who will stand on a, on a pavement with a placard. Mm. I'm now standing on the pavement with a megaphone doing street theatre and having fun um, 
having fun in a very Kent Town kind of way. Mm-hmm. You know, street theatre is a very Kent Town thing. It's a very Brighton thing. Brighton doesn't just have a mainstream festival. Festival it has a fringe festival, mm-hmm. and it has music festivals. I mean, we're coming up to Brighton Live, six days of live music. The coffee shop down the street, um, which is famous in Brighton as being one of the best, um, hosts a lot of. Uh, it constantly hosts um, exhibitions of art, local art, and during Brighton Live for six nights, it will be hosting um, all kinds of musicians. I saw ooh, probably about ten different musicians there over the six days, and nine other groups in other places. And Brighton is alive with this kind of activity, and this is what Brighton is about. Yeah. And what they did around the library was they missed a terrible... Op- they, well, they missed a terrible... They, they made a, a mess, really. I think they missed an opportunity to do something, to make a statement about what Brighton is about. There is an area that could be used as a performance area, but it doesn't work because it's surrounded by cafes and it's going to make street musicians unpopular with the cafe owners if the street musicians are, for example, too loud. But they had an opportunity in Jubilee Square to make it into something like Covent Garden. But the whole thing is concrete. The whole thing is corporates. The whole thing is big Tesco's, big chains. There's a Starbucks. There are, I mean, there are already six Starbucks in Brighton. Yes. If not seven. Yes. Counting the one in the the bookshop. Yes. Um, That used to be my favourite cafe, that did. Did it? I don't go there now. But you see, when you actually compare the product, I mean, that's another thing. Uh, We're sitting here drinking the same coffee that is supplied by that shop that I mentioned. Red Roaster? Yeah. Um, I mean, essentially, they they get write-ups as being the best coffee in Brighton. Yeah. And I agree, I've got a good palate for coffee. I'm a coffee lover. Yeah. You ask any French person where they would rather drink coffee in Brighton if they've been there, and they would never go anywhere else. Okay, so Starbucks um, opened up their shop. They applied. They then applied for planning permission. Mm. I want to know two things. What was the response of the local community? And B, what was the response of the council? The response of the local community was within... Even, I think, before they had fully finished outfitting the shop, before they had opened, a group started to form on Facebook, begun by uh, the manager of the, um, the Duke of York's... The, uh, the cinema. Cinema. Yes. Which yeah. shows art house films and, yes. you know, uh, sometimes, you know. That's like a specialist cinema, isn't it? It's that's, a specialist that's cinema. It's small, isn't it? So yeah. It shows. It's like the Everyman in Hampstead, or the. It's probably bigger than that. Yeah. It used to be, or the classic, which no longer exists. Yeah. You know, it would show films by, in my day, Antonioni and yes. Pasolini and yes. Fellini. And yeah, they were showing The Unbearable Lightness of Being a few weeks ago, or a few months ago. Were they? Yeah, fantastic. So fantastic film. And they have seasons, obviously, of cult movies as well. Yes. But, so yeah. they have a lot of fun, and it's a fun place. They have a lot of good events on there. They also show, as an example, Transition Brighton and Hove showed a, a documentary mm-hmm. by an American documentary maker, not, not the end of... Um, about peak oil and you know the wars over oil and the whole history of yeah uh, well it was more or less the history of everything it was very long and exhausting because it was emotionally exhausting Uh, but anyway it's a great place and John who runs it decided to start this 
okay. Um, so there's now a Facebook on, or a group on Facebook, should I say? With 1,800 yeah. members. Wow. Within a week. Whose cause, presumably, is we don't want a Starbucks in um, St. James Street. That's right. It's yeah. called Stop Starbucks from Opening on St. James Street. Okay. Even though it has opened. Mm. So now it's that sort of post-ironic. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, and we've been meeting on the pavement every Saturday, usually yeah. for two hours, ever since. Okay. Since May. Sometimes there's only a small handful of kind of core group, including myself and Sean Creed, who, sorry, Sean Creed, who are both are both ex-broadcasters at Radio Reva, the local community yes. radio station. Yes. Uh, but now involved in a new project, which is more exciting for us in its implications sure. socially and artistically and culturally mm-hmm. and internationally because that's the important part. So Sean and I are part of it. Um, we've, we've often, uh, when we were both still working on the radio station, had people talk about it. It, it was always the butt of jokes because the humour is one of the best, humour and art I think are two of the best sort of agents that change. Yeah. that we have at our disposal. And it's a very friendly demonstration. There's nothing aggressive mm. or dangerous about it. The police gave up coming after a couple of weeks because they saw that there wasn't going to be any trouble. Yeah. Um, Did you get a lot of uh, support from passers-by? Or sort of? Yes, and the funny thing is, this is the interesting thing, um, the reason that I'm still going along and using a megaphone and doing the street theatre yeah. is because... I'm about to have a heart valve operation and I shouldn't be really shouting on the street. But prior to that, I was shouting and just doing street theatre a cappella without any sort of help. Uh, Now I'm using the megaphone and I just make up sort of nonsense as I go along. But nonsense is relevant. Some of it quite suggestive and um, not very complimentary to the local council who don't appear to be pulling their finger out as fast as they did when a gentleman up the road on a very quirky shop mm. put a beautiful solid oak door with a large knocker yeah. as, and, and, and without getting planning permission. Okay, so back to the council. So presumably, when um, what happened when Starbucks opened and then applied for planning permission? What did they the got refused make? because so there were 500 letters right. um, against it, giving all kinds of reasons. It wasn't the kind of thing where people just copy a standard letter. Mm. There was, I think, a standard style of letters that were given in, on the Facebook site. But yeah. in the end, I think most people wrote their own letters, as I did. Okay. Um, and, you know, some people just resent the fact that Starbucks being a transnational corporation can flout local planning laws Yes. and when you speak to the council they say oh well it's a grey area the legality is a grey area what they're really saying is well it is black and white but we can't afford it to be black and white because it would cost us too much and it would be a waste of council taxpayers money it would cost them too much to fight them is that what you said? well of course it would because you imagine the kind of money that Starbucks could put against the council, if yeah. the council um, were to take them to court at this instance. But surely the council have got an open shut case, haven't they? But they said no, and Starbucks opened, even though they said no. Well, apparently What's... this isn't how planning law works in this country. Oh, OK. Pla- planning law appears to be tilted somewhat, like some other laws, uh, in, in favour of large corporations, in that if you are... Um, willing to take the risk um, you can appeal and once you've appealed they won't necessarily close you down 
Now, the situation at the moment is quite complicated, and I think you'd need to be a lawyer to understand it, it, it in, in detail. Okay. But as we understand it, and I understand it, they have appealed against three counts of signage because that's the signs you put up outside. You have to get planning permission for change of use from um, an ordinary retail outlet to a sit-down, drink-and-eat outlet, yes. which is called A1 to A3. Yeah. And they've also applied for the signage. Now, they've been refused on all counts, I believe including an extractor fan, should they ever cook on the premises, um, okay. which is in place. Um, and the period for uh, applying to appeal for signage is shorter than that for change of use, it appears, I okay. imagine, which is why they've applied, because their strategy appears to be that they wait until the very last minute within that six-month period, which is the period to plan against change of use. They'll wait until the very last sort of day or two and make their appeal then and thus extend the whole thing you know, beyond... It, well, we just don't know how long for. OK. Um, so while that process is going on, they have a certain amount of immunity under the law, but it, that area is grey, apparently. And without you know, employing very, very expensive counsel, you, know, you couldn't really enforce it unless a planning officer sits outside Starbucks and watches to see what they're doing. Because Starbucks claimed, and it was published in the local paper, The Argus, Yes. claimed that they are not a coffee shop. They are a retail outlet that people come in and they buy CDs and they and, and they buy uh, Paul McCartney or whatever and they buy uh, coffee beans and coffee grounds, etc., um, etc. Et and they buy various merchandising products. When very clearly there are seats that are daily occupied by people drinking coffee, eating sandwiches and whatever they're serving. Okay, so let me get this right. Starbucks is not a coffee shop. That's what they say. Right. We are not a coffee shop. That is a direct quote. Okay. <laughs> I don't really know what to say to that. Yes, I know, nor, nor does anybody else, except okay. we put it on a placard. Right. And we make, a, we make street theatre out of it. By the right. way, please don't go in there and drink coffee because you will be caught in a paradoxical timing because Starbucks is not a t coffee shop. And if you walk through the door and drink coffee, you will be drinking something that you are not doing. And in doing so, you might cease to exist. I mean, I do things like that on the streets. <laughs> you could bring the, you know, the Hadron Large Collider into it. So, Absolutely. You know, you yes, I was thinking it's funny you picked that up. It's funny you picked that up because I was thinking about that. They switched it on. I don't think it's up to full power yet. We switched on here. yesterday or the day before. The day before. Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Right. Today's yeah. Friday, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, yes. They switched it on on Wednesday. 
Um, and uh, I believe it takes a while before we, we all yeah, get sucked into the black hole. Yeah, they're just They're trying to get some protons to go all the way around, aren't they? This will never be podcast, you see, because by the time you get it up there... <laughs> it'll be a black hole. It'll be a black hole. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so, so, so let me get this right. OK, so, yeah. so, so um, I haven't quite understood the legalities, but basically um, Starbucks is still trading because they're waiting for certain sort of timeouts because they've yeah. applied for various sort of bits and bobs at various times to yeah. try and extend the whole... To what, appeal. what do you think is going to happen? Well, the, the, actually, the last thing the planning office did, did actually state when questioned, because they've been a bit evasive up to this point, we're looking into it, and those sorts of bland words that mean nothing. Um, but they, they did say on the so last occasion... So this is the council speaking? Yeah, this is the okay. council speaking. Okay. Yeah. But they did say on the last occasion that, you know, we are taking action and we do wish to enforce our... Um, refusal of their license and we will continue to resist them and I think that refers to the fact that one of their officers one of the planning control officers or whatever they're called is coming down here and actually observing he has to observe for X period of time I'm sure there's a regulation about okay. it uh, Sorry, I always find that <laughs> I always find the word observing slightly comical. I just imagine I'm sitting in the lotus position in the middle of the footpath or something, pair of binoculars just outside the door. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Well, he's observing <laughs> what's observing. going on. Yes, traffic yes. wardens have to observe. Excuse as well, me. Don't Are you drinking coffee or is there coffee virtual? <laughs> I'm a neutral observer. Is yes. there a blue helmet or something? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's invisible. Maybe he's like the Mekon if you're not old enough to remember the Mekon, but. Uh, well, uh, maybe the, the head of the Daleks. What was he called? Oh, oh, oh Davros. Yes, Davros, but floating on some invisible kind of um, Dalek Skate, skateboard type device. skateboard device. Yeah. You know. Um, anyway, so looking down on it all from some godly height and making his determination as to are people drinking coffee or not. I could tell them they're drinking coffee. I have observed on several occasions people drinking the coffee in Starbucks yes. after having purchased it. I think everybody who signed our petition, which is <laughs> approximately about 2,000 people, because we do have a petition now. And, and the great thing is, when I do, when I do my street theatre, more people stop. Because yeah. here we are, we're transmitting the essence of Kemp Town. Yeah. And as an actor, that's what I will do. I will, I will transmit the essence of Kent Town. Yeah. And it in, includes a few rude gestures that I wouldn't, um, and some words that I pass, perhaps wouldn't use on Ofcom. Mm. But I try to actually abide by Ofcom guidelines, even though I'm not on air, because I'm trained to do that in the studio. What time on Saturday morning did you do this? Because I keep missing it. So, we're oh, always between, down here on Saturday. Well, it, it, it varies between 11 and 1 and 12 and 2. Okay. Right. Um, but if you come between 12 and 1, yeah. you will see us demonstrating. Okay, I'll be there. Um, but we're, try we're having a meeting about this um, tomorrow morning. We'd like to go back to 11 to 1. Right. Because we feel it's a more effective... Um, yeah. way of, of doing things and there are a few discussions about does Starbucks ever come out and try and move you on or uh, no. make any comments no nobody no, no, I mean we often sort of laugh and joke with the customers inside and right. pull faces and have fun uh, and generally I mean my approach if I'm standing near the doorway we try not to block unfortunately the pavement's rather narrow yeah. and I'm, I'm sometimes concerned about health and safety because I, I, I haven't been trained in theatre studies mm. I I kind of think about health and safety automatically. I've, been in, I've worked in kitchens as well, and you think about health and safety all the time. So I'm worried about the narrowness of the pavement and, and us not driving people into the road. And, and, yes. You know, it's a one-way street. Absolutely. Um, 
especially kids and rushing across the road or that yes, kind of thing. Yes. So I, I always keep an, an open eye on that. Um, but I, but sometimes when if I stand in the doorway and I, we don't obstruct people, we don't prevent people, we don't in any way intimidate people. We are very polite, um, and if people are rude to us, we try not to respond. Yes, yeah. uh, we have had one incident with one particular person. Um, who honestly was asking for it <laughs> and got a bit of a verbal right. um, from one or two of us, but um, mainly because he made one of our female members cry on a couple of occasions. Oh, okay. right. And is known in Kemp Town for being, uh, quite frankly, to put it in local terminology, a bit of a bitch. Right. Yeah. And I say that as a gay man, so right. there's no homophobia attached. Right. Okay? Um, and uh, anyway, so apart from him, uh, and a few sort of uh, streperous, grumpy people who need something to be obstreperous and grumpy about today, um, generally people are amused, interested, sometimes quite shocked when we tell them that Starbucks have a branch in Guantanamo Bay for their boys yes, over yes, there. Yes. Um, which is a bit odd. Um, okay, I can see it as a support, support service for soldiers, but it doesn't go down very well with the punters, you know. Um, but is it, is it me? Am I just um, sort of observing um, with a bit of a sort of rose-tint glasses, but every time I walk past Starbucks, it never seems to be that full. No, it, it doesn't. Uh, is that because the campaign is kind of working, or because a lot of local people... Are annoyed and won't go in there. Well, actually, I won't as, go in there. as I said to Sean Creed on one of his Brighton fluxes on Radio Reverb a few months ago, as I said, said to him, yes, the Starbucks experience, it's very silent. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like a library or a morgue. <laughs> Shh. I mean, it does get busy at sort of touristy times, but I assure you, when the tourists are gone, yeah. that place will continue to make a loss. It must be making a loss now. The staffing level is minimal. I note that they have a very equal opportunities policy in that some of their staff are over 40 or 50. I think that's quite unusual in this Perhaps Starbucks. Perhaps should get a job there. Perhaps I should get a job there. <laughs> uh, I think not, because even though the Financial Times apparently gave them some spurious award as employers, their record as employers has been called into question. Um, and, um, you know, I think it's pretty much minimum wage stuff. Mm. And they're not, I mean, I think working for any corporate is probably a bit of a nightmare anyway. Oh, probably. Uh, any, any large transnational corporation like Starbucks. Um, so I just try and charm people. As an example, there were some French girls standing on the pavement and we said they haven't got a license to trade. Quoi? I don't understand. So I said, uh, you know, in broken French, you know, no license should not be here. Uh, the town hall says no, you know, because my French is pretty dreadful, yeah. O-level French. Um, and I said, anyway, the coffee is not good. Do you have a palate? You're French. Do you have a palate? And she said, oh, very weird. I said, well, then go to the Red Roaster. You will enjoy the coffee. And he said, oh, thank you. And off they went. Um, and so we use charm and so on. Um, we don't actually in any way prevent people from going in. But we might make a sardonic comment. Like, You're not really going in there, are you? You know, and, and um, sometimes we say things that are a bit naughty in terms of things that I wouldn't want to say publicly when no one's looking, you know. 
I mean, do you feel that? I mean, when you obviously you know, you're meeting these uh, members of the public, yeah. Do you feel you do you feel you're winning? Do you feel you're converting? Yeah. You've know, you got some nice juicy stories about people that were kind of oh, you know, Starbucks, and in the end thinking, oh, crikey, no, I'm not going to go in there again. Well, yes, actually, some people from out of Brighton, I can re- recall. One day I arrived at exactly eleven o'clock, and it was just a bit of a cloudy, windy day, mm. and we weren't going to have a lot of people turn up and I was on my own and I thought oh this is scary uh, and I do actually suffer a little from agoraphobia yes uh, so I did little breathing exercises and sort of leant against one of the, the bollards outside and just started handing out leaflets and found that because I found that one of my ways around agoraphobia is to talk with people yes um, because then I make a human contact and uh, different emotions and endorphins start to flow and yep. the adrenaline dies down and all that and um, so I started really charming the pants off people. I say, well, did you know that Starbucks... And I remember that there was this group of really sort of kind of tourists that you would expect depicted on a 1950s pictures postcard type of people of that age Were group. they black and white? Uh, no, <laughs> they were all white. No, they were pink. Right. Uh, very it's pink. A sepia. They were very pink, with pink knees and pink faces and pink peeling shoulders, you might say, um, and quite large. And uh, you know, and they obviously didn't eat organic vegetables every day, and okay. you know, so on and so forth. Um, and did, 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 the, did the son go? Oh, father, father, look over there. <laughs> no, it was. Uh, it would have been. Hey, the shout cloud. No, it would have been a bit more like that. Um, and I, I said to them, did you know that Starbucks are, are training here without a licence? Really? And they said, yeah. And I said, yes. And I said, what do you think would happen if you put up um, an extension to the back of your house and someone objected to it? I said, well, council would make me take it down at my own expense. Mm. OK, then why are Starbucks here, I asked myself. And then I, I explained it to them. And I, I explained them the dimensions of it, the globalisation aspect of it, and the fact that actually, although kids go in for these things called frappuccinos, which aren't even coffee, I don't quite know what they are. I don't understand, and I don't really want to know. Um, but the, the, I said to them, you know, if you really want a good cup of coffee, there are 16 other outlets in this street, including, and I pointed to my favourite coffee shop. The Red Roaster. And, and, you know, we're afraid because it's destroying, it's going to help destroy local business. It's going to drive up the price of the rent and the business rate. Um, it's going to continue to push out the small trader. As an example, just down the road, we've got a fish shop. Yes. Now, uh, that is, is it Joe Smith? Uh, Geo... Is it what's in the paper? Geo Mr. Watts. Mr. Watts, that's it, yes. Mr. Watts died recently. Yeah, he passed on recently, didn't he, that's a few months right. ago, yeah. Yes, uh, I mean, and he was working right up until, you know, and he shouldn't have been working. Yes, yeah. But his son and all sons have taken over. Um, they are committed fishmongers. Yeah. And they actually sell. I'll give you a very good example. If you go to any supermarket today, you will find that... Um, Salmon fillet is somewhere around £10.50 a kilo, if not more. Yeah. That's, that's cultured salmon, not wild salmon. If you go to Geo Watts, it's £7.50. Really? Yeah. So, you know, this myth that local shops are more expensive is a myth that if we don't stop, if we don't stop it, local shops will disappear. 
if people want to um, sort of join in yeah. and support yeah. this cause, what should they be doing? What they should be doing is coming down to um, outside Starbucks on us every Saturday morning. Mm. Um, I would say for the moment between 12 and 1, but we hope to return to 11 and 1. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll definitely be here, even if you only come down for 15 minutes. Yeah and make a sh- short appearance and talk to people mm. um, and to continue to, to lobby the council yeah. to send individual letters of protest against the continued flouting of local planning regulations by Starbucks. Right, fantastic. And I'll leave the last word, Louis, with you. Well, Starbucks for me is about the freedom of the, of the individual against the corporation. It's corporations who rule this world and it's governments who play to their tune. That's my only political statement. I'm not a political man. I'm a poet, a jazz flautist, a healer, a philosopher, a writer. I'm not really interested in politics, but politics is in my face. Louis Loezu, thank you very, very much indeed. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. If you go to the main website for this show at www.eventsforbrighton.org, you can see the show notes for this episode and any relevant links to anything that was mentioned. Also, you can leave comments against each show and do feel free to email us at feedback at eventfulbrighton.org if you've got any comments or suggestions. See you next time.